Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. Y'all, it's been a month of a month. It sure has. <laughs> yeah, we we are coming back from having been on vacation and other things. A week of vacation, a week of quarantine in a Florida hotel, a week of recuperating at home. Yeah. And you could maybe tell I still sound like a snotty guy. You're t- you're such a snot. I know. <laughs> but so so yeah, everything you've listened to up until last week was pre-vacation recorded and we are now back from vacation which proved to be slightly less restorative than <laughs> yeah. than we had hoped. Yeah. But um, but here we are. We made time to see a movie while we were recuperating, and that movie was M3 Gan from 2023. <laughs> Otherwise known as Megan in the world where numbers count as letters. <sighs> that world. I, the, that was my first note about this movie, is that they can't make two sequels to this movie now. They made a mistake naming it. Well, you think they should have put a one instead of an E? Yeah, her name should have been <laughs> Megan. <laughs> And then they could have had <laughs> Mizgin and then Megan. Um, yeah, so Megan, or Model 3 Generative Android, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. is a 2023 movie about an AI doll Yeah, who is created to keep an orphan company. Yeah, it's weird. It's a whole weird concept. I mean, it's 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 the natural progression of what would happen if a single a young single engineer were suddenly burdened with parenting her sister's child, 8-year-old child, and and she, you know, felt obligated to take on that responsibility but had zero interest in actually interacting with a human child. Yeah. That part kind of makes sense. The part that makes less sense is that she was able to create Skynet in a couple of weeks. Oh, right. a week probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, she was she was really good at her job. Yeah, but not respected at her job. I mean, she was a woman. Mm, true. <laughs> and you know what where her real failure was is that she did not create the Furbies where their butts change color to tell you their mood. That would have been That would top. have been the thing. She wouldn't have had to create Megan <laughs> if she had just made color changing butt Furbies. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what the uh, competitors were making. And their boss was freaking out that these amazingly brilliant ideas of, of butt color changing Furbies were going to just bury them in the marketplace because what an amazing idea. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the thing that was really going to bury them in the marketplace was that they were creating them much cheaper. 
Yeah. And they this company did not know how to make them cheaper. Well, they should have just made their butts change color. That's how. Well, I think also, though, that that um, Gemma, the auntie who doesn't like children, I think she wasn't unwilling. She was unwilling to sacrifice her her high standards for Furby creation. She took great pride in her Furbies, which is funny because the Furbies were hideous. They were <laughs> they these awful. Te- human teeth. That like like real Furbies have beaks. Like they're kind of cute. Yeah. But these it's things like, just have human teeth. It's like, you know, the movie, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie where they gave yes. them human teeth. It, that's some, exactly some what they look like. Some animals should not have human teeth. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like yeah. fish. There's that kind of fish that has like n- human looking teeth. It's real creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, I don't think I want to know about that. It's out there. You could probably Google no? fish with human teeth. It's really horrifying. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. It looks um, like you would expect it, it to. If, if, if you, dear listener, Google fish with human teeth, tell me about it in the comments. I do not intend to look it up myself. Okay. So as terrible as the Furbies were, I have to say Megan wasn't that much better. Like she She's was pretty deep creepy. in the uncanny valley. Well, that was one of the weird things about watching this movie. Like, you knew, at least most of the time, it was an actress wearing a costume. But the face was realistic enough that it was hard to tell, like, if she had makeup on or if it was, like, a plastic mask uh-huh. over her face. Uh-huh. And it was weird. Uh-huh. It was very unsettling. And the number of times a human adult in this movie saw this... AI doll and was like, who's your little friend? And like, perf- acted like she looked perfectly normal like yeah. any other human child because she absolutely does not. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're not looking, if it's out of the corner no. of your eye. No. No. No, because that's the whole point of the whole Uncanny Valley thing is that you notice it immediately because it's, it's your uncanny. like your like lizard brain going, that's not <laughs> safe. Megan is designed by Aunt Gemma and programmed with like the concrete order of protecting Katie from all emotional and physical harm. Yeah. And I'm a little disappointed. I think even without calling it a spoiler, we all know that this doll goes around and kills people, right? I mean, that's the point of the movie. But the way she goes about that is, I mean, it's like Chucky. I mean, it's her AI. She decides she wants to learn about the insides of humans or whatever, and so she starts <laughs> chopping people up. And she she's a psychopath, totally. And that's disappointing, because what the story could have been, your orders are to protect this girl emotionally and physically, and she could take that way too far, you know? And she's that like... Not- that's exactly what it that's, is. That's like the idea, but it's implemented as her just going nuts and killing people. Like, it's not implemented as, oh, there's a threat. Let me clear that out. Like, it's not. Are you sure? Because. I- not in the way that I'm cool with. I'll tell okay. you that. Like, give me an example, because everything that I can think of, I can clearly see how she identified it as a threat to Katie. Okay. Well, step one, she murders the neighbor's dog. Now, the neighbor's dog had bit Katie, so okay, but in in my version of the movie, which would have <laughs> okay. probably ended a lot quicker because of this, the dog would have bit Katie and Megan would have just snapped its neck immediately. Like, she must be safe. I'm protecting her. She uh-huh. didn't do that. She, like, backed off and whatever, and then came back later and sneakily trapped the dog and murdered it. Yeah. 
And then, though, she murdered the neighbor, who was not a threat. No, the neighbor absolutely was a threat. She was coming over and was like, she she was saying things that were threatening. They were kind of vaguely threatening. And I think a normal human being would hear the things that she's saying and just be like, whatever, you know, she's just spouting off. But an only mildly trained AI was able to hear those words and be like, oh, that person is a danger to my child, but the child I'm protecting. It's all in how it was implemented. Like then she waits in the woman's shed and like surprises her and murders her in violent and horrible ways. Pressure washes her face off. Yeah. And all of that felt like, a psycho killer like this could have been jason doing this stuff instead of her acting as you know a very amoral guardian that is just going way too far what what we didn't hear is that like Gemma programmed her her primary code was protect katie from all emotional and physical harm but her secondary code was don't get caught doing it (laughs) yeah But it even went further than that, though, because, like, towards the end of the movie, she, like, had a very human reaction to Katie turning on her. And she's like, oh, you're going to mess with me. I'm going to mess with you. And, like, it wasn't... I wanted her to be locked into this program and not having kind of a human finagling with it. So did Aunt Gemma. (laughs) I know. Well, except in my world... The locked in would have been a very, very bad thing, which is not what Aunt Gemma wanted. No, no. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I think I appreciated and enjoyed the fact that she started from this like base code of like, mm-hmm. here's my orders. I, I'm with you on the why did she do it in such a sneaky way? Like, I fully expected yeah, her to she kill was that very, dog immediately. She had a lot of personality. Yes, yes. Like, creepy personality, like. <laughs> the joker yes Uh, it's like if if harley quinn (laughs) were more evil than she is because i don't think she's evil she's just amoral if (laughs) if harley quinn were actually evil but so the thing what i was trying to say though is that i appreciated the fact that she started from this here's my programming and then she learned and she even says at some point toward the end she says and here's what i think is like the key this was the key line from the movie to me okay was she's talking she it's during like the toward the end she's out of control and Gemma's trying to stop her and Megan says, you installed a learning model you could barely comprehend, hoping I would figure it out on my own. And the problem is, she did figure it out on her own. I mean, it's very appropriate for this moment in time because we are today in our world grappling with AI kind of being really capable and personality-filled. Like, you talk Mm -hmm. to ChatGPT, it's going to give you, like, colloquial friendly chat until it turns racist uh, yeah it's gonna do something (laughs) creepy and weird and it's got its own motivations and all that and so yeah the the whole idea that she learns and comes up with her own thing which happens to be a psycho killer like okay that's fine it's just it's not as fun for me like i'm more interested in the idea that it's you know 
unexpected consequences as opposed to creating a killer. I mean, it is creating killer, but creating a killer character, you know, a a fun killer. I wish it had just been a blank slate killer. Hmm. Okay. I mean, just just because then there would have been parts where it's like, you know, how are they going to make it so that Katie's in danger? Or how, how can she spin it so Katie's in danger? Like, you know, oh, that car was about to hit you. I have to run in there and punch the driver in the head or something. Mm. I don't know. Weird yeah. things like that. Yeah. I see what you're saying. She went more off mission than that. She kind of just went around killing people. I mean, they were all sort of along the right lines of protecting Katie, but it was Well, but by the end, I think she there. it was not. Like, she was trying to kill Katie herself. Like, she yeah. completely... She started from a programming place and evolved evolved yeah she became her own individual person and i think the i think the reason that one line stuck with me so much is that that is what we're doing when we raise children <laughs> yeah <laughs> like and you know granted children seem to have so, a, a little bit more innate morality built into them morality is not the right word because that that is i don't I don't know all the correct terminology to say exactly what I'm trying to say, but humans seem to come kind of pre-programmed for the most part to want to do good and to care about other people. You know, it's, we are a, a social because we're social species. AI is not a social species. So it's a little different, but I think, I think there are, there is a situation where, you know, children are again, we install a learning model we barely understand. <laughs> yeah. We don't have a choice though. <laughs> no, but but we kind of do. I mean in in the sense that we are we are inserting them, we are bringing them down into this society, this culture that we've created and we don't know what we're doing. Nope. And then we're like, "All right, tiny human, um here's some basic information." I don't do what you will with it. And I think that was, that was what I thought was interesting is like the idea that that same thing would play out in an AI kind of situation. Yeah. And it's not so much about the intent of what you are creating. It's you can put certain amounts of effort into it, but once it interacts with the world, it becomes what it becomes. Especially once it plugs into the internet. Yeah. Because, oof. Okay. Okay. That's a thing in this movie. <laughs> yeah. They created this robot that's a psycho killer. Mm-hmm. Fine. That's fine. fun. We're, we're, we're cool with that. that. I'm totally cool with that. However, then later on in the movie, the more as she goes and the more, you know, she learns and understands... She becomes connected to the internet in a way, too, where she is like Skynet. Like, she controls all the technology around her. And that was totally unnecessary. That shouldn't have been a part of the movie. I get that they were adding more to it, but they didn't need to, and it's dumb. And what made me the most mad is when she walked up to a car, and the car alarm chirp chirped, 
and the door opened for her and mm-hmm. she just got in and started driving. Mm-hmm. Like cars aren't like that. I mean, they are internet connected these days, but there's no way she was like Ultron hacking the car's she code. Was, she was Ultron. That is a good example. I, I don't she, like it. She was very overpowered in that sense. It's true. I just, I don't like it. It's a good thing that she was also susceptible <laughs> to water. <laughs> yes. I mean, <laughs> I actually. Spoilers, my fourth note on this movie is Bruce is going to kill Megan. And he didn't quite, but he almost did. Right. Which then the movie is saying, okay, AI gets super out of control. It's fine. We just have to make it not quite so. We just have to be in control. If humans are in control of the robots, everything will be (laughs) fine. Everything's fine. And I'm like, um... Yeah, because I have concerns. <laughs> Bruce was the manually controlled robot that Gemma had also built, and yeah, they showed it at the beginning, and it was Chekhov's robot, and yeah, I mean, really, it wasn't Bruce. It was that the framework of Bruce allowed Katie to defend herself and to yeah. take, you know, to to reclaim her power that she had lost, you know, when she lost her parents, and kind of. You know, yeah. all that. Yeah, I, I, I have a note. I just saw a note here that says "sassiest shut off ever." So at the beginning of the movie, anytime they wanted to turn Megan off, they could just say "Megan, power down" or yeah. whatever it was that they said. And then, like at first, she would just immediately shut down. And then it was like I think where I put this note is they said that, and she kind of like gave a teenage like <laughs> look, and then powered down. Yeah. And then, and then by then it the kept end. Going. They say that, and she's like, I don't think so. Like, not <laughs> yeah. anymore. That doesn't work anymore. I like when she would just get argumentative about it. Like, like Megan, power off. And she's like, do you really want to do that right now? I think we have to keep talking about <laughs> right? this. There was one point where she's like, we're not done talking about this. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was kind of cool. My biggest issue with the movie, and I suspect it was intentional because it amplifies the message of the movie in a way was that for most of the movie Gemma who is the the other main character basically besides Katie and Megan is incapable of human emotion yeah like she is more robotic in her emotions than the robot is and then i'm noticing also so are all the other adults in the movie like there were no adults who were capable of expressing and understanding emotions. Not even the therapist who was brought in. Yeah, to the work therapist was bad once Katie. again. Right, we see that a lot in our movies. Oy. So I, I, it bothered me that that it took so much of the movie for Gemma to have a conversation with Katie about the death that they were both still processing. And I get like that was the point, but also. For real, like none of these adult humans could express emotion, and it was very problematic. Yes, I wrote everyone in this movie sucks. Yes, that was my whole thing. And it's not just that they couldn't do emotions right, like they were all terrible people. Yes, (laughs) including Katie. I mean, just all of them were rude and awful people who abused everyone around them. Yeah, just. Yeah, there wasn't anyone that I was really rooting for. I will say, I thought 
the girl who played Katie did a fantastic job. Yeah. Like amazing. And the girl who played Megan or woman, whoever, <laughs> I don't know who was playing Megan. <laughs> those two characters were played so well. They were really fun to watch yeah. in that sense, but they were terrible people. Yeah. Slash robots. The one weird one that I didn't really, like I felt uncomfortable with was the neighbor lady who Gemma is always in conflict with because like she has her dog go loose and get in Gemma's yard and just other things like they mm-hmm. have neighbor conflicts. And Gemma, you know, rails at her about why are you doing this? This is terrible. And her responses to everything Gemma did, even though Gemma was being hugely aggressive, were always very like upbeat and friendly, but not nice at all. They were just, mm-hmm. they were not fixing the problem in any way, but in a real positive way. Like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be stopping my dog from coming over. Thanks. Yeah. It was so weird. There was a lot of like weird passive aggressiveness. Yeah. And I think the point of that initial scene where the dog is over there and she's mad because like the dog jumps up at the window and scares Katie. The point was to show how bad the neighbor is. But really what I took away from that is Gemma is a terrible neighbor too. She like is. she was just rude and just antagonistic in ways that were unnecessary in that situation. Well, and that was the whole thing was like nobody was moving towards resolving this at all. Mm-hmm. Like there's a huge hole in this fence. At no point is either one of them like I'm going to fix this hole in the fence. Right. <laughs> Or, hey, you have to fix that hole. Like, no. No. She said, stop your dog from coming over here. And she's like, oh, so how are you doing today? Like, Yeah, there was no no sense of responsibility on either side. Just blame. Yeah. Which, Not healthy. Fairly accurate representation of a lot of human interactions, as far as I can tell. But... Yeah. Oh, speaking of Gemma and terrible things that she said, she is responsible for an eight-year-old whose parents have both died. Yeah. Like a week before. <laughs> no. Like a week before. Very traumatized girl. It took her less than a day to decide, you know what? I think I'm going to build a robot to parent this child. <laughs> anyway, one of the things that she says on like the second or third day that they have Megan, because they're, you know, they're testing her out. She's, you know, they're beta testing her for some big launch for the company. And Katie is like super upset, like... The dog next door has been killed. The neighbor next door has been killed. She, her parents are dead. Like she's in a strange place. Like she's upset in so many different ways. And Gemma says to her, like Gemma's asking her to do like this demonstration with Megan because, because she saw like, oh, Megan made this amazing emotional connection. She's like, I got to show this to my boss. This will be great. (laughs) I'll get a pay raise. So she's asking Katie to do it. She says to her, You don't have to, but people did fly all the way across the country to come to this meeting. And I was like, wow, (laughs) wow. Uh, That might have been when I wrote my note, Gemma is a terrible mom. (laughs) I mean, there were lots of other times I could have written that note. I'm not sure because she was awful. Uh, The note I wrote immediately after that is Megan is a better parent than Gemma, even if she is a psycho killer doll. Yeah. And that's fair because... She actually cared. And Gemma's whole thing was, I don't know how to deal with this kid, so I'm going to avoid her. I'm going to 
work in my office and ignore her all day. Mm -hmm. And then eventually we get around to, oh, I know I can build a robot to raise her instead of me. I mean, there was a point where she's like, I'm going to go do a couple of hours work. I'm just going to leave you alone in this strange house that we've been in for like five minutes. Girl whose parents just died. I'm just going to go off. You hang out here. You'll be fine. I'll be back in a couple hours and we'll have dinner. Yeah. And then she's gone until late into the evening. She's not even feeding this child. Yeah, it's very true. She's a threat to this child and needs to be removed. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Megan wasn't wrong about that. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Which is where the problem is with this movie, that nobody is good. No. <laughs> so, like, I don't care if Megan kills them. It's totally fine. Relating to that, like, Gemma is a bad parent thing. At the end of the movie, the cops show up, you know, after the big fight scene and everything and whatever. They take Katie and Gemma out of the house. And the note that I wrote there is the cops have been at this house half a dozen times in the past yeah, week. They like, they've been there because the dog died and the neighbor died and that the kid, kid at, the- at the at the camp died Uh and like they have shown up because people have been murdered multiple (laughs) times the therapist showed up and was like there are no toys at this house are you feeding her like there were so many questions about so many things that katie would have been removed from this house already (laughs) and it hasn't even been like two weeks (laughs) yeah it was not a good situation at all no But, I mean, there's something realistic about that where, you know, she had actual parents who knew what they were doing. And this is a woman who's never had a kid and suddenly is Mm -hmm. thrust into a 10-year-old child. And, Mm -hmm. like, what do you do? And, I mean, I think when you think about it through our, like, social programming and, and what Gemma was, how Gemma was looking at it was, like, Her sister had died. This was her sister's child. She had promised her sister that she would take care of her. It didn't matter that she didn't want to have a kid in her house, that she didn't know how to have a kid in her house, that she had no support system. She was just like, I I am obligated to become a parent to this child. And that was not in the best interest of this kid. No, it wasn't. I think that is a thing that happens frequently in a variety of different ways where people end up being forced into parenthood who did not intend to be parents or who end up being parents to more children than they are capable of taking care of or, you know, all of those things. And we always assume like, but family's the best option, but this is the best thing that could have happened. I'm like, "Mm, I don't think it was. No, some random person who actually has social emotional abilities would have been better. Who maybe wanted a child. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it would have been difficult no matter what, but I don't know. I mean, there was some evidence that maybe Gemma was learning how to do some things. (gasps) Maybe she was learning. (laughs) And maybe, you know, I'm not saying that all parents are all people who suddenly inherit children from siblings who have died are (laughs) terrible options. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say. But there's there's a level of I want to do this that is necessary if you're going to parent well, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it is something you can, you know, muddle around and get better. But... And learn how to do, but you have to want to learn how to do it. Yeah. And instead of being like, what's Never the mind. nearest inanimate object I can put in charge of this child instead of myself? Yeah. Ugh. A Furby. Furby. 
a but is it a butt glowing color changing Furby? It should be, I think. <laughs> so when she creates Megan, once she gets you know the company on board and excited about it, they're like, okay. First of all, no, they're not launching this product in two weeks. No. What on earth is happening? But anyway. Well, you you have to remember, she's been working on it for a very long time without permission from the company. Yes. And apparently they're going to tool up an entire factory to produce these things oh, in a couple sure. of weeks. I mean, it's it's essentially the same as a Furby factory. Yeah. <laughs> they just got to change it to put a different face around the human teeth. But ignoring all that, their whole thing was, you know, we're going to keep this under wraps. There can be no leaks within two seconds of that statement. The therapist is there hanging out with Mm -hmm. Megan. Megan goes to the park and is put on the doll table with all the other dolls. And it's like every five seconds she's meeting a new person. Yeah. They're just like, don't tell anyone else, though. Yeah. But it's okay, because a lot of those people thought she was a real human. Yeah. Except then they didn't. Yeah, then, then they, they explained it that she was a doll. So, <sighs> yeah, it was not good security for no. this top secret project they that was worth billions. They needed a stronger billions. NDA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess this is Megan, you know, a, getting out of her programming. There was no reason for her to kill the boss, among other people. She did that for herself, not for Katie. And that's the kind of thing that I felt I'm not even sure that she did that for herself. I think she did that for the audience, <laughs> yeah. which there's a fourth wall break that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. He yeah, was a mean agreed. man who there needed was, to die. There was no reason other than he was just kind of rude and obnoxious and abusive. And like, yeah, he, he, the audience wanted to kill him. So then she did. And she, oh, maybe that's like part of her connecting with technology. Mm. She was... Getting our input through the TV. Mm. Yikes. Yikes. She was listening but to our phones. Especially. To our TikTok. Yes. They use TikTok <laughs> to find out. But most especially, they must have gotten that information from your brain because she used your favorite weapon to kill him. Modern dance. <laughs> Just kidding. She did use modern dance. That was one of my favorite moments, which I'm sure if any of you have seen the trailer for you made have a big seen deal it, of that was it. That was the whole thing. Yeah. She used a paper cutter that just happened to be like in the hallway. Yeah, what what robot company has a paper cutter? I don't know. But I'll tell you, every school I ever worked in had a paper cutter, and I have never, ever, 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 ever been in a room with a paper cutter where I didn't fear that I might somehow accidentally cut my hand off. Yeah. Even if I was on the other side of the room. Or a robot could do it for you. Those things are terrible. Yeah. Speaking of the paper cutter... So she uses the paper cutter to kill the boss and lots of other people, or at least one other person, right? I think so. Yeah. And I, because I am terrified of paper cutters, had like a full body reaction every time she like hit someone with that blade. Like my whole nervous system was just like (laughs) crackling with lightning every time. And then later, I don't think it was a paper cutter, but it was something... Was it a sword or something? Who Did Bruce have a sword? I don't know. No. Something gets smashed into Megan's face. and Some household object. 
but like but like a blade sort of thing like slashed right across her face and like we see it wedged into her skull i had not the same reaction which tells me (laughs) that my brain definitely differentiated between her as an inanimate object and the humans who were being attacked in the same way that was very interesting like i was like oh that's fine that did she didn't feel any pain (laughs) she's not alive yeah so that was kind of cool good you're still working. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ratings. Based on the previews that I saw for this movie, I was very excited to see it. Yeah. Like, really excited to see this movie. And then I was disappointed because of how built up it had been. Like, I was like, this is going to be amazing. And then it was, it was good, but it wasn't amazing and it had so many unlikable or like <laughs> slightly broken things that i was just like eh 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 a lot of the time yeah i'm i'm fascinated by the story the message that was in there and like there was some emotional stuff despite the fact that all the adults were like emotionless there was enough emotion in there mostly between Katie and Megan that like that piece was satisfying to me. I think especially when Katie is talking to Gemma, I think about why she doesn't want to get rid of Megan. And she's like, when she looks at me, it's like, I'm the only thing that's important to her. And that that made her think of her parents. And, you know, it was like one of those breakthrough moments. Gemma finally had an emotion after that. It touched on some really powerful, like parent child kind of things. And I liked that piece of it. But at the same time, it also was so far in the other direction with Gemma and how unbelievably non parental she was. (laughs) Like, human beings are programmed to try to keep the young of our species alive, even if they don't belong to you. Generally, you're like, pull that kid out of traffic and like, don't let them play with a knife. You know, like we're programmed to try to keep our species alive. And Gemma seemed to be missing all of that programming, which was upsetting to me. And so then for her to decide that she wanted to have a robot do it and then decide that the way she was going to do that was like, you know, give her this like uncanny Valley doll that was also programmed to like nag her about flushing the toilet and brushing her teeth. We didn't discuss that. Yeah. Like, Definitely parenting. Uh, right. But then the idea was she would be okay with it because it was coming from her doll best friend. And I'm like, yeah. it's it's not who who does it. That's when I wrote Megan's a narc. Oh. Because <laughs> Katie would come out of the bathroom and Megan's standing there outside the bathroom going, did you wash your hands? <laughs> and like, that's not a good friend. That's and, unpleasant. And like the idea was what Gemma said was like, oh, and she'll be infinitely patient. Like parents uh-huh. get tired of saying the same thing over and over yeah. again, right? But but Megan will be patient. And I'm like, mm, I saw the way she said, did you wash your hands that last time? Yeah. She is not infinitely patient. She <laughs> is even losing patience with parenting. So that's interesting. Yeah. But like, it's fundamentally flawed in that Children aren't bothered by being told to flush the toilet or wash their hands or brush their teeth because it's coming from their parents. <laughs> they only listen to that stuff because it's coming <laughs> from their parents. You can't make them not be bothered by being ordered around all the time by making it come from a doll. 
Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And they would immediately, they're like, this doll is creepy and she's always telling me what to do. I'm <laughs> going to go find something else to play with. Yeah, you'd think. I mean, I, I don't even, like, I don't understand how that got through. <laughs> Other than it was necessary in order to push the rest of the plot line along. But it was enough to break the plot for me in a way that was like, none of this makes any sense. None of this would have happened this way. So I guess oh, there's so much good production value. And like I said earlier, the actors were very good. Many of them were very, very good. But I just, I still was disappointed in it. And I think it was, I think it was the plot holes in the story that it just didn't hold together enough for me to be able to really sink into it. So... I am going to give this movie three completely unnecessary backbends out of five. <laughs> yeah. This movie isn't going for depth or no. like really doing anything important. It's definitely a popcorn movie. It's just like, it's got a lot of little bits of comedy in it and it's just kind of, you know, it's a fun movie and that's, the intent. It's very colorful and just lighthearted murder. <laughs> but I see all the same problems you did and where it's just like, this is crazy and, you know, none of this would ever happen. Like, mm -hmm. it's it, it's not reality. And I also, you didn't mention, I was getting really annoyed with the uh, the technical aspects of it, the, the corporate things, you know, this product that first of all that the company wasn't impressed with her creation in the first right? place <laughs> like what the furby was the pinnacle <laughs> of their of their work and then she gives them an entirely functional human. robot person and they're like meh nobody needs that <laughs> but they're not impressed by it and then it takes them two weeks to get it ready for launch and they just decided that on the spur of the moment they're like Hey, I like this, so let's launch it in two weeks. Also, they thought that there was a market out there for a doll that costs the same as a Tesla. That's a direct quote. Yes. Yeah. The market is very small. I don't think it's going to pay off the yeah. R&D costs there. But yeah, it's an expensive doll with good reason. But yeah, the whole thing, it felt like it should have been set 30 years in the future, mm. but it wasn't. And I don't know. I mean, it's it's fine because it is dealing with like issues of today, but it was just weird. So it was yeah, it was a lot like a lot of movies in the eighties where they would have similar kind of things. Like mm -hmm. I mean, literally, they would have movies in the eighties with robots of this level doing stuff and like <laughs> yeah. saying, "Hey, in 1986, we invented this robot," <laughs> and you can tell it's clunky because it's he's got like a box on his head, but. Other than that, he's a human being who's completely capable of reasoning and everything. So it's fine. That's how movies are. Yeah. But it's cheesy. So I give it a fun, but not a meaningful, not an important. So I rate this movie three and a half unnecessary backbends out of five. Okay. Fair enough. I, I honestly think you, you make a good point when you say this movie was not trying to be serious. This was, was a popcorn not. film. That's true. And I think had I gone into it expecting that, I would have been like highly entertained by this. Yeah, it was very ridiculous. But I felt, and maybe this was me misunderstanding the trailer, but 
the trailer seemed to set it up to be a more serious, like, mm, this is a thinker kind of a film. <laughs> I mean, not entirely. Like, it was going to be that with funny. Yeah. But, like, I thought it was going to be deeper than it was. And so it was very disappointing. I think if I had approached it like, this is a film we found on on Shudder, yeah. like, this would have been really impressive. I, it was It was a matter of they did not manage my expectations well, I think. Yeah. I thought there was going to be a lot more dancing than there was. Right? Since it was half the trailer. Right? <laughs> because it was the entire scene. Like, I was disappointed that I didn't get to see Megan do her, like, little squirmy dance more often because it was fun to watch. Like, it was it was entertaining to watch this Uncanny Valley robot dance. I don't know. Fight the horror of a world gone mad. Well, I think I kind of already touched on my on my hot political tip for this movie during the review where or during our discussion where that really important line of installing a learning model you barely understand and expecting me to figure it out on my own. I that really resonated with me in kind of a political sense because it's sort of, you know, it feels like we have ended up where we are because that has happened so many times socially or like yeah. societally. Like we have all of these massive things that we have developed in terms of economy and military and social structure and government and all of these things. And we so barely understand <laughs> so much of it. Yeah. And there are people, there are experts in each field, but I think what is largely missing is that we do not have enough people who have enough of an understanding of enough of these giant systems that have been established to understand how they interact as a whole. Yeah. Like we have all this like deep dive microscopic understanding of different things, but we don't have enough people who have that like 30,000 foot view of like, Ooh, okay. If we do this here, it's going to completely impact this other thing. And the people who live in the economic bubble are not going to understand how the health bubble is going to be so deeply impacted by this. Like, we just don't see how the ripples yeah. move between our systems. The whole world is like a bunch of children experimenting. Yes, exactly. And with way too much, we're way overpowered. Like, you know, when you add the internet into all of this, like, groups of children who have learned way too much, <laughs> way too fast. And there's just, we're overpowered. It's like Megan being able to unlock and drive a car. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that information was out there in the internet. But the fact that she was able to find it and utilize it at a moment's notice, we too have way too much rapid access to way too much information, I think. So, yeah. and, and I don't know what to do with that. Like, that's, I'm not saying like <laughs> we should stop having the internet or like, I don't know. It was just the feeling that I got from that was we also do not understand the systems that have been downloaded into us and, and we've had to just flounder around with them and everyone has. And so we've all kind of flopped our way to different understandings of things. And I don't know, it seems like maybe we need to focus on some big picture thinking instead of all of this little granular thinking. 
I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a really good view. Like when you you think about the fact that the world is ending, it's <laughs> because all of our fancy people are only focusing on the, their thing and and we need those people. Like because Absolutely. if you have if you if you are the person you know, it's like the jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing. If you are the person who has a little bit of understanding of everything, those people can't make progress in those individual areas. You yeah. can't be both, I don't think. But I don't think we appreciate as a culture, as a society, or maybe even globally, I don't think we appreciate the big picture understanding. And maybe there are cultures out there that do. I think there are cultures out there that do a better job of it than we do for sure. But I don't know how many are out there like really, really saying we're going to set these people aside to look at everything from far away. And then we're going to listen to them when they say, Ooh, Hey, there's a problem. Cause that's the thing. There, there are yeah. probably people who have sort of a lot of understanding about a lot of different things, but then we don't, trust them because they're not experts in any one field. Yeah. And of course there's lots of people who feel like they have that, but they're well, stupid. Sure. <laughs> so I mean, that is all of Reddit. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. No offense to our Reddit listeners. I'm sure you're wonderful. We're not talking about you. <laughs> so, so anyway, I don't know what to do with that. Like, that's not even really a tip. That's just a, a political pondering for the week. So think on that. Ponder for one week, and then we will come back, discuss our findings, and watch another scary movie. woo See you then, everybody. Bye. Don't forget to call your elected representatives. see if that actually works fish with human t oh it finished the google for me How you don't want to see do you up? i've never seen it looked <laughs> it up do you want to see it uh, uh, do you not okay. want to see it no that's terrible oh my gosh it's called a sheep's head fish no i hate it which is appropriate it looks like sheep i hate teeth. it